James Bond. James Bond. You're a wizard, Harry. I drink your milkshake. You can't handle the truth. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Movie Mafia Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Trout. Joined here again today by Lauren, Max, Gabby, and Carter is back again. No longer the special guest. He is now a permanent member of the Movie Mafia Podcast. Everybody, welcome, Carter. So happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to be back. What's your zodiac sign? I'm a cancer. Wow. Very scary. Oh, geez. Wow. <laughs> Dang. Well, you know, with that being said, we welcome Carter, the Cancer Zodiac sign, to, <laughs> to You're our movie Mafia. Now. You're <laughs> so, What's wrong with being a Pisces? I don't, I don't think a Pisces is that. Oh, bad. I'm a Pisces, but Pisces male. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I like being a Pisces. I'll take being a Pisces any day. Oh, uh, I'm a Pisces too, but Pisces men scare me, so... Well, I will do everything I can to reverse that stereotype. <laughs> anyway, let's let's transition into movies, guys, because we're the movie mafia, not the Zodiac mafia. We're the Absolutely. Zodiac killer. <laughs> oh, Speaking of killers, Dexter. Yeah, you're, you know what? You're you're absolutely you're absolutely right, Lauren, and we should definitely jump into that right now. So I'm the queen of transitions. <laughs> A plus job. So um. As you said, Dexter, we got another little teaser. You know, we had a super, super small, like five second little teaser, um, you know, the other week. And now we have a little bit bigger, kind of like a 30 second or so um, teaser now. Dexter's ramping up and I couldn't be more excited about it. You know, what did you think of this little snippet we got? So we actually get to see Dexter's face or the actor in this um, trailer in comparison to just the axe. And he looks like he's having the time of his life. He's got this childlike grin on his face and it's winter. You can see the snow out, probably Christmas. He's probably going to kill someone or he did kill someone as his Christmas present. That's what I'm, that's the vibe I got. How about you? (laughs) Yeah, I totally, um, I just like, I'm such a massive Dexter fan, as you guys know. So I just, every time I see Michael C. Hall on screen, I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I love him. He's an amazing actor, and I love him as Dexter. I love the whole show. I'm just more excited to see more of Dexter. I don't even care if it's good, it's bad, whatever. I just want more. The standards are low. You just want it. Uh, there, there aren't any standards. There's, there's literally zero. <laughs> I just want more Dexter. All right. I don't. I, as long as Michael C. Hall's in it and the show is called Dexter, I'm happy. That's literally so all I want. How long will the next teaser be? A whole minute? Uh, that's what it seems like. We got like five seconds, now 30 seconds. Right. I'm hoping a minute, maybe two, and that'll lead us into an actual time. show. Yeah, yeah. You'll just get like the whole show was broken into one minute sections. Exciting. Yeah, we saw at the end of season eight of Dexter, he had uh, a whole, the, that last shot of Dexter um, was him with a full beard in like a, a log cabin out in like a, like a wood, the woods kind of area. Um, now we see Dexter again, and in this little teaser, he has no beard. He's returned to normal Dexter, where he's f- full, clean shaven. And I think that's the uh, the showrunners trying to tell us that like he's back to what he was. He's back to being a killer. He's he's back. He's here, and uh, we're gonna see the Dexter that we uh, we know and love. So you know that was my impression of it. Um, you know, we talked a little bit earlier, Lauren, you and I, about his kind of wink and smile and how it seemed a little, like, uh, a little different than what we were normally expecting from Dexter. He's kind of, like, emotionless, cold, and calculated. Doesn't really show too much uh, expressions on his face. But, um, I, you know, I really think that his kind of smile there was just probably trying to, you know, tease the audience a little bit with, like, Dexter's coming back and everyone's super hyped and super psyched about it. Um so yeah, and I, I'm I'm right there on board with that. Oh, so yeah, Dexter, season nine, Dexter, I think. Hardly know. <laughs> I, I you I hate when you make these jokes, Lauren. They're terrible. Yeah, they're, they're the worst. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, but hey, we love Dexter, and we're excited, and we cannot wait to get a full one-minute teaser. So. That's true. 
And along with, you know, as we're just as anticipated as we are for Dexter, I know uh, Max and Carter, you guys are just as hyped for Star Wars The Bad Batch. So, you know, take it away. Carter, you go first. Oh, I mean, definitely. I mean, tomorrow, obviously, May 4th, uh, Star Wars Day, May the 4th be with you everywhere. Um, it's So The Bad Batch, basically, it's a spinoff of Star Wars The Clone Wars, which just had its final season last year. It's looking like it's picking up directly after the Clone Wars, so it's just kind of about this, like, ragtag, like, dysfunctional group of clones. There's five of them that um, now, like, after the Clone Wars, they don't really have a purpose as soldiers, so they need to, like, find their way in the galaxy. Um, I think it's been confirmed to have 16 episodes, so double the length of uh, both seasons of The Mandalorian. Looks like it's going to be running for a pretty long time. Uh, I think it's going to be really good. High expectations. Should call it the good batch. Yeah, and these characters were introduced um, the last season of The Clone Wars in the first four episodes um, as new characters. So I'm really pumped. I've loved all the trailers we're getting. I forgot her name, but one of the characters from The Mandalorian is in the show. Fennec. Um, yeah, Fennec yeah, in um, animated form, which should be really exciting with the same actress voicing her. Um, and I'm excited to see just clones again. I thought that was... I love the la- I love Clone Wars, one of my favorite Star Wars properties out there that they've done, um, and I love the last four episodes of Clone Wars. So the fact that we're going back into this form of animation, mm-hmm. and especially with uh, you know Echo being a part of the group now, and possibly seeing Rex this season, and seeing other famous clones that we've saw for the past ten years on Clone Wars, I think it's super exciting. Yeah, definitely, it's looking really good. Yeah, definitely just from the trailers, it seems like just amazing. I'm really excited. There's also Omega, which is like a new character who might be like a girl clone, which is honestly really interesting just in Star Wars in general, like that that's even possible. So yeah, hopefully a lot of reveals tomorrow. Yeah, and Palpatine's on the poster. So hopefully we get to see him a lot this season as well. There's a lot of interesting tie-ins to how they make it out of Order 66 and how they transition into the original trilogy. I'm it's 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 great to have new Star Wars since you know it feels like the Mandalorian finished up so long ago, so I'm excited that we're finally getting new Star Wars content. For sure, yeah. Now I totally am right there with you. I think like the Star Wars universe is something that I've been so passionate about. I remember ever since I was a kid, you know, my dad brought me up on on watching Star Wars movies, and it feels like ever, from then till now there's been this steady stream of either movies or TV shows or something, you know, in some form or fashion. I'm nonstop getting Star Wars content, and uh, you know, between the Bad Batch now and you know, probably since what the Mandalorian, it feels like we really haven't gotten mm-hmm. too much Star Wars content. I know a lot of that has to do with the the pandemic, but um, you know, yeah. also, I think I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a little starved for some Star Wars content. It's a great oh, yeah. universe, and I can't wait to see more of it. And I do want to say, too, I recommend watching Clone Wars first, so you're kind mm-hmm. of used to the environment and the animation. I, I know it's a lot of seasons and a lot of time, but it's really, really good stuff, especially the last – if you just want to, don't want to spend that too much time, definitely watch the first four episodes of the season of the last season just to get yourself understanding of the characters. That will Definitely, be yeah. For sure. Um, outside of Dexter and, and the Bad Batch, uh, we have our biggest finale, a review, I should say, series review thus far. And we got to talk about it. Invincible, Max, Lauren. I know the three yeah. of us have been the inf- Invincible fan crew of the yeah, Movie and Mafia podcast. Our season. Everyone is. Everyone was talking about it on Friday, which is great. And I know, I know my boy Carter over here is so excited to get a chance to watch Invincible, and we are going to ruin his day because we're going to have to spoil <laughs> it. I'm sorry, Carter. I'm sorry. I don't want to do good. this to you. We'll give you a thumbs up when we're done spoiling if you want. <laughs> yeah, just just close your ears, just, yeah. take your headphones off. <laughs> we're going to just – No, it's fine. <laughs> like tissues in there. We have, we have to talk about this episode. I mean this, this show oh has, has been one of the best shows I've um, seen in a long time. It's the worst. Now, I want, I also, yeah. I want to come in here and say that I, I teared up twice during this episode. Okay? When was I the first teared, time? I teared up in the flashback scene. Really hit me hard because I am a used to be a little, a little League player, and I used to see those little things too. And then I really teared up when, like, Omni-Man was like, after 500 years, like, few going to have? And he's like, I'm going to have you, Dad. That really hit me hard. 
when, when Mark said that. It was a really emotional line. And it was pretty brutal. The train sequence, I could not believe what was happening in the train sequence. You know, bro, that was brutal. Omni Man holding Mark's head in front of an oncoming train. And yeah. it's just, you just see bodily fluids, just people like breaking apart. And, and Mark's just taking it head on, just getting smashed with all these yeah. dead bodies and people just dying. And it's all like, like, it's all like his fault because his dad's punishing him for like being, having moral compass and being human. Bro, yeah. Brutal, brutal, brutal. Yeah, you know, one thing that really stuck out to me, or one little side note I should say, was, you know, mm -hmm. Omni Man talked about how uh, if you're Viltrum and you have that Viltrum DNA, you yeah. live longer inherently. Um, and that's something that they didn't explore at all or talk about at all until this, this uh, you know, final episode here. So yeah. I thought that it was interesting to me because he said you're almost a pure Viltrum in your, in your bloodline. So, so is he what, not so, gonna live long? Exactly. So does if if Mark is gonna live for thousands of years, how yeah. long is Omni Man gonna live for, or how long has he lived for? You know, this is something I'd want to know. I want to know what the difference is between um, their DNA and how long how that will affect their age. Yeah, and I also want to step in here too for a character that I think I've been talking about every week, and that is um, Debbie has been one of my favorite oh, characters in the entire Debbie. show, and I felt so bad for her this entire episode. When he was like, you know, he's she's more like a pet to me. I was like, oh, God, why are you yeah. saying that? And then he's like, well, her life doesn't really mean anything. I was like, oh, my God. Because she's listening to all of this, and you can feel her portrayal, like marrying to marry, you know, marrying this guy for the last 20 years, having a kid with him, and then everything in her life just crumbling around her. I felt awful for Debbie this episode. Bro, it was so bad because it's like, he was like, yeah, like your whole life, Mark, was like a speck in my whole life. Yeah. So like Mark's entire life is like nothing in like his dad's eyes. Mm -hmm. And it's like, obviously it's not clearly nothing because like he did, like, like dad didn't kill Mark, but he like beat the living shit out of him and like just like yeah. broke Debbie's heart, doesn't care. And like, it's, mm -hmm. in, it's just insane. Like, I'm, like. And the fact that he lives so long and is such an evil villain and all this stuff, like Mark's whole world crashed, Debbie's whole world crashed, even the guy that makes the superhero outfits, his Dark. life completely changed. Yeah. And it is also, it also sets up just an amazing next couple of seasons because we're now going to get Viltrumites versus the Earth heroes and villains, either next season or the season after. But oh, yeah, I, I mean, it was really emotional. I like that Mark still has his group of friends now. Even though he'll probably outlive all of them, I still think he needs he needs those, you know. And I also think Debbie, going back to Debbie, her staying strong for Mark, like the fact that she's always there for him. And then when she's alone, she starts, you know, crying. I think that's a really authentic, you know, mom in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, it was so sad when he sees her and he just, like, closes the door. Like, I was yeah. kind of like, oh, you can, you can go, you know, comfort your mom. Like, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. just very authentic. It feels like it's like, and I think um, we talk about Man of Steel sometimes when we talk about DC. It was very similar to Man of Steel. The fight, uh, the, the fight between Omni-Man and Mark, which happens, you know, in the city. But, you know, in Man of Steel, they never talk about the people that die. And a lot of people get killed. A lot. Like, thousands of people get killed in this episode. Like, it was really insane, but authentic. Like, when he was holding the building and he's holding the arm, and oh then my God. her arm, and then he goes to the ground, and the arms, you know, detached. I was like, "Oh my God!" He didn't save the kid. He didn't save his mom. I was like, "It's just, it's very real." Because you know, superheroes are very glossed over with hat, you know, but real stuff happens. And I like that they had a lot of casualties this episode. Oh, he likes the casualties. I thought, yeah, sense. I think the whole benefit of it being like an animation and not live action is that you can just animate a bunch of blood and it's like completely different versus like live actioning that and in the animation they're able to like really like actually give more attention to the lives being lost versus in live action you never like imagine imagine a superhero just holding up a disembodied arm and then being like yeah. ah, oh well okay or the train sequence you can't that cannot happen like, live action do that live action yeah. or even if you could cgi it they would never make it yeah and the mountain too with the whole mountain crumbling down mm, and Mark yeah the, i mean i could believe the first hope yeah i i could not believe the first 30 minutes was just the fight I, it was so great 
Yeah, you know, all my You're life. You're sitting there with your popcorn, like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, <God."> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, all my You're life. Like, I need uh... more casualty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's what I think about every single time I watch Invincible. But, uh, oh. you know, all, all my life when someone has described a superhero film and or anything superhero related and the train yeah. sequence, it's always been Spider-Man 2. And now, I don't know, man. When you say the train sequence, it's Omni-Man it? holding his son by the head and just killing hundreds of thousands of people on this train. It is just um, a slaughter. It is absolutely yeah. slaughter. I also want to add one of my favorite um, animated styles of the episode, even though it's so well animated, was that they kept when Immortal, you know, thumbed Omni-Man in the eye last week, and he kept his eyes were still, you know, not regularly, you know, dead shot. It was dead such shot. a great, it was such a little thing that they did to make him seem more villainous, but it made sense logistically because he got, you know, thumbed in the eye last week. I thought that was a little thing that I loved about um, the look of Omni-Man this episode. So when do we get season two? They haven't announced when, but they announced they got two and three confirmed. Mm-hmm. That's good. Pretty good for a show to get two seasons um, given to you. That's, that means it's, the show's doing pretty well. I think it must have been fire. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I don't know how also, much you guys know about Invincible, but I did want to tie in that, you know, um, this was a comic book adapted into yeah. a TV show for anyone who doesn't know that. And I'm, I'm looking it up now, but I know that the comic has, I think, at least three or four like whole uh, volumes to it. I, oh, a I've, lot more. Or is, is more it, than that? Is, oh, let me the look. The comic was going for the last 15 years. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, they're called compendiums. That's what they're called. Yeah. Yeah. They they have uh, they have a lot. Yeah, I can't go into all they of them right now. But they have a lot. They set up a lot because they have they kept all the villains are back next season. What will Mark react to when the DA Sinclair guy is actually working for Cecil? Um, what is his reaction to that? Um, and is it? And also, I like the Guardians of the Globe actually being a team, like that them actually seeming like an actual team. Yeah. That was nice. nice seeing them work. They, they were kind of pathetic though. It was like well, yeah. the original Guardians of the Globe. If they saw Mark getting destroyed by Omni Man, they would have no yeah. hesitate, no hesitation yeah. at all. They would have went right there to help Mark and probably would have died anyway. But they would have helped. Yeah. And this this Guardians of the Globe is like, yo, should we help? And they're like, nah, Mark's got that. <laughs> like Cecil's like, hey, don't. And then they're and just it, like, um, yeah, we should listen to that. As they just sit there, you know, watching as Omni Man brutally destroys Mark. But I do think. Yeah, like they're not as powerful or not as like maybe as brave and like the stereotypical hero as the Last Guardians. But it is smart to be like, no, like logically we can't take him on. Like they know, they know they can't do it. So like, what's the point of them dying? They want to help people. Them going to just help the wreckage of the Omni-Man thing and actually saving people's lives was definitely much better decision than trying to even I, I completely agree but there is something slightly less heroic at least in the comic book yeah, they're sense not the of typical, like, like heroic heroism or whatever they like. they're they're doing the logical thing and i want to so ask you jacob that's we an talk- aquarius move <laughs> yeah, i want to I ask you jacob because we talked about amber the past couple weeks do you like that she is back with mark um, honestly, I know in the, I, I am 100% certain that Mark is going to end up with Adam Eve. There's no I doubt in like my that. mind, but I don't think it's ready yet. I, I think Adam needs, needs more time. And I think Mark needs more time. So I don't necessarily like, um, the combination of them together, you know, right now, but I do think that like, he can, that like this relationship is just going to build him into when he's going to be able to date Adam Eve. So like. I don't mind the relationship, but I don't think it's it's yeah. uh, I don't think it's perfect for Mark, honestly. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't think for either of them. I don't think they. Yeah. He's flexing his boyfriend gene for the first time and learning him to do all yeah. the things. So I'm fine with it, and then I do really like Adam Eve, so that'll be fun later on. And like I don't know, it would be boring like, if just with Amber. I like, I like that Amber and um. William did not know who Adam Eve was when she revealed to them in the in the diner. I thought that was hilarious. They had no idea who she was. It just shows how bad Mark is at being a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Well, it also shows how bad, like, just how many different superhero teams there were. Because, you know, that team, the original team before they became the Guardians, were um, basically like the Teen Titans of the Justice League, basically, technically, if you look at it from that perspective. So they're, they're like not the kids. Yeah, so no one really looks at them as famous superheroes. So I thought it was funny because 
we've seen Adam Eve and she and Mark knew who she was right away. But no, it's funny that you know most of the general public doesn't know who she is, which is really interesting. Because she's like a Clark Kent disguise. There is no disguise. Her whole head is just you can see it on camera. Yeah. But then I like how she said earlier. She's like, it's psychology. No one expects to see a superhero at high school. Yeah. And um, the Seth Rogen stuff at the end was also very good. The, uh, the, the Alan, the alien character, I really like. And I'm excited because it really sets up Mark to be the next. He's the leader of the Earth, you know, heroes, clearly. Because he's the, because he's the only person who is a part of the Viltrumite, you know, society who is fighting against them. So that's a huge advantage that Earth has. And hopefully, I mean, well, I'm nervous because I can't wait to see that. I'm nervous for the next time Omni-Man meets up with Mark. Like, I, I, I can't imagine what that meeting is going to be like. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, I uh, part of me knows that, like, I am really excited for it. But at the same time, I love my boy Mark. I don't want to see him get destroyed out here. I, I don't want to see Omni-Man beat his ass again. Him? Oh, <laughs> I think he's going to get stronger. I really think they're building to I him. I hope so. Having this episode, this season, really, he got his ass kicked the entire season. Like each episode he was, I think they're trying to build him up. Like he's a, he just started being a superhero when you think about it, like literally months into being a superhero. And he had to take on Omni-Man who's been doing it for thousands and thousands of years. So it made but sense he got his ass kicked. He's half human and half vulture, whatever they're called. Like, yeah. Does that mean, like, scientifically, he can never be as strong as Omni-Man? Is there any benefit so. to being human? Is being human just a hindrance? I think it's going to help. I think that's the point. I think it, the fact that he has both in him is supposed to be what's going to take him over the lip. I yeah. feel like he has, like, the physical abilities of the Vultramite people, but maybe yeah. he has like, the mental capacity of a human, like, more empathy, sympathy, you know, like, not as bad anger issues, maybe. Maybe he'll go to therapy. That was a dark history, too, of the, the Viltrumite, like the true history. They just all that. killed each other. They all, it was like survival of the fittest, and then people were just told to take over, and they, and they just killed, they destroyed planets for. Yeah, I don't think that. Is it just like an economic thing? They're like, we'll just control more planets? Yeah, I, that's, that's what I think. Territorial. Yeah. a little power hungry i didn't really like they're such an advanced society they should get some better plans yeah well you know as much as i would love to talk all day about invincible i feel so bad for my boy carter over here so we have to stop the invincible talk we have to stop the spoiler talk i feel like i've ruined the whole experience of the show for him no you're good i've been like <laughs> mentally blocking out everything i don't know any of the characters by name so like everything you're just saying is like going in one ear and out the other. I'm You just need to totally do a Men fine. in Black where they just memory erase you. you know, that, yeah. That's what you need right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But, um... Well, yeah, hold on. I have a good transition. Speaking of, like, super villains, because, like, while he's, like, a hero, he's also kind of a villain is what I've gathered. I probably could be completely wrong. But anyway... I mean, is bad. Okay, yeah, um, I, that's pretty much what I've gathered. So anyway, super villains. Well, um, the Cruella, uh, the live-action Cruella for Disney+, Plus, the trailer dropped, and we kind of got, like, the origin story of Cruella. And, like, I know, like, I kind of compared it to, um, like, Birds of Prey and kind of, like, the Joker that they make these villains, like, have an origin story. We can kind of see how they grew up and we feel bad for them um so that way like they're kind of like humanizing these villains so i know that's like like a big thing um but i'm looking forward to it the trailer made the show look so good but like i said we kind of get the origin story of cruella, uh, cruella and we're gonna kind of see like why she's so mean to these poor beautiful dalmatians for sure and but, um, if, for anyone who doesn't know cruella is obviously the character from the 101 dalmatians yeah she's yeah. the she's the villain a very good disney princess or disney movie has the villain um and then also with disney plus high school musical the musical 2 no the series 2 it drops may 14th and then they're dropping an episode every friday so i'll be talking about um each episode every week so we have that to look forward to, too, which I'm so excited about because the show is so good. Yeah, wait, the show is High School Musical, the musical, the series, season two. So it's a long title, but that's I'm really why would they? That's oh, my gosh. 
I can't yeah. believe that's an actual thing. That's just yeah. so, it's, so it's, much. It's, so it's, it's like a version of High School Musical, but they're doing it as a musical. Like that's like they're putting it on as a musical, but it's not a movie. It's a series. So yeah, but it's Thank not. Thank God for Disney Plus. <laughs> it's a lot, but I'm so excited. The show, season one was so good, and I'm really, really excited for season two. And when did you say that's coming out? May 14th. May 14th. And then Cruella is coming out on May 28th. So yep. definitely some good stuff to uh, on Disney Plus as we go throughout this month. So you guys talk about the superheroes. I'll talk about all things Disney because I love Disney. Absolutely. We wouldn't have it any other way on the podcast. No. <laughs> Everyone here is like, superheroes, nerd movies. I'm like my Disney princesses and like... <laughs> Cinderella's coming out in July, and we have we have a good mix, I think. <laughs> true, true. I I think I think you totally hit the nail on the head. I completely agree with you. And, thank you, uh, thank you. I know my role. I gotcha. Absolutely. And you know, you talked a little bit about how much nerds we are and how much we love superheroes. And I gotta be honest, you're absolutely right. And our superhero discussion never ends on this podcast. And with that being said, we got to talk about the MCU little trailer, little uh, timeline we got announced to us. So I'll put it up on screen for everyone who's interested. But we got a little bit of this MCU trailer where it kind of showed some of the different um, uh, little snippets of the The films that we're going to see. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it was the past films first. Then it said, then it showed the end game experience. And then it it was basically a setup saying, go back to movie theaters for these films which I, I think they're releasing like 10 movies in the next year which is insane yeah for sure so the the stuff that they officially announced were um just recently well were that we have the official release dates for black panther 2 which is going to be called black panther wakanda forever and we got a little we got um for these couple films we also got the little titles and we can see exactly you know a little bit of what the movie might be about based off of the aesthetic for the title but yeah we so we got black panther wakanda forever yeah. that's going to come out july 8th uh, 2022 so about a year from now a year and a couple months from now over uh next summer which you know feels like um it's gonna it's not gonna be for a while but um Honestly, I, I do think that this film needs a little bit of time as it like kind of readjusts itself, you know, since since uh, I, I think a lot of it's been changed. There's four, there's four MCU movies coming out this year. Mm-hmm. That is a lot for a six month span. So once July starts, the, the MCU and really June, too, because Loki's in June, Black Widow's in July. Yeah. I mean, it's insane that this this list, which we all, we've already known about. Uh, just mm-hmm. the title we didn't know about. I think that the list is insane. It, it feels like every other month we have a new MCU movie. Yeah, and then with the Disney Plus series too, it's just so yeah. much content. It's seriously insane. It's a great year. Absolutely, and I have to I have to mention a little bit of, of our chat right now because everyone in our chat is criticizing Gabby for calling them nerd movies. Yulia said, yes. "Nerd movies? How dare you?" So yes. they are not. They're uh, the movie mafia chat is not happy with you, Gabby. They're they're not nerd yeah. movies, Gabby. <laughs> Avengers Endgame made over a billion dollars. That many people are not. Yeah. Involved. I think you're a nerd for being on the podcast. All right, you're right. I'm like Loki secretly one of the nerds. So We're going to make you watch Invincible. We're going to make you watch everything. No, you guys got me to watch Marvel movies. I think that's as far as we're getting. What's wrong with Invincible? You love cartoons. It's wow. not my cup of tea. I wouldn't like, like, you would have to like force me to watch it. Like, I wouldn't put it on for fun. Like, those are you not like my. It. Wow. I like rom-coms. I like Disney movies. I like... It's basically a rom-com. You'll love it. No, it's ah. not. <laughs> no, it um, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that one. Yeah, the Amber-Mark relationship is obviously a rom-com. Obviously. Oh, sure. man. Gabby, your comments yeah. cut deep. Like a knife to the heart. I, I thought... I don't, I don't want to <laughs> come here and say that it was inter- it was not i happy they did this i'm happy we got no footage of spider-man and so yeah. I, was very, I thought i was i was actually surprised they didn't because it is coming out in december i'm mm-hmm. happy they don't because everyone already knows the cast everyone already knows it's a multiverse i think we just need some more surprises i don't think we need to see that much publicity for the film because it's already been built up like crazy 
Definitely. The Eternals is different. The Eternals needs it because one, mm-hmm. uh, Chloe Zhao just won Best Director and for an Oscar for Nomadland, and she's and she's directing it, so it's a very big deal that a Marvel movie has an Oscar-winning director doing it, and uh, it looks cool. I mean, the cast is awesome. So, I mean, I was very pumped to see a little footage of the Eternals. Yeah, it looks really, really nice. Apparently, like, behind-the-scenes talk, like, Kevin Feige adores the Eternals. Like, he thinks this is going to be, like, the best Marvel movie yet. So, hopefully he's right because, it. yeah, just from, like, I, we didn't even get that much footage. Probably, like, what, less than a minute? 30 seconds. But, like, yeah, 30 seconds. But just from what we've seen, it already looks so good. Can't wait for a full trailer. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Kevin Feige is like one of the masterminds behind the MCU, and obviously mm-hmm. he's done a fantastic job. Yeah, so yeah. if Kevin Feige is excited about it, I'm excited about it. That's pretty much all you need from me to, to be hyped about your movie. What I also like is that these movies coming out this year, you know, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, um, Spider-Man, and Eternals are four completely different films with totally different feels. One's in space, one's a prequel, one's a multiverse, one is, you know, a first Asian lead superhero like there's a lot of I, I really love the diversity of films that and the Marvel has coming out in the next year or two. For sure, for sure. And I do want to give a little timeline and include all the dates for anybody wondering. Yeah. So the future timeline uh, of all the movies that have uh, release dates that yeah. have been announced. So next, the next Marvel movie we have is going to be Black Widow on July 9th uh, of this year. Then Shang-Chi on September 3rd. So both those movies over the summer, essentially. And then Eternals will be in November 5th. Uh, Spider-Man 3 No Way Home is going to be around Christmas time, December 17th. And then the rest of these movies are going to be in 2022. We have Doctor mm-hmm. Strange 2 in March 25th. Uh, Thor 4 Love and Thunder May 6th. Uh, Wakanda Forever, the, the second Black Panther movie, is going to be July 8th. And then the Marvels movie, which is going to be uh, Captain Marvel two, but also the introduction of Miss Marvel, um, and that's going to be November eleventh, so of of twenty twenty two. Guardians volume three. And of yeah. course, Guardians. And then yeah, then that's when we go into some of the um, twenty twenty three movies where we have um, Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, which is in twenty twenty three in February, and then Guardians volume three, which is in May fifth of twenty twenty three. So, I mean, this is stuff two years out. Fantastic Four and Blade. Yeah, Yeah, and Fantastic Four is, uh, I'll see if I can put that up on screen for everybody uh, watching here. Um, And John Watts is directing that. The guy directed the Spider-Man movies in the MCU. Interesting. Fantastic Four. Yeah, so on screen right now, for anybody watching this, um, on the video version of our podcast here. Uh, this is the little logo that we've had. We've seen this before, but this was at the end of the trailer that we just got that we're talking about now. So a little tease at Fantastic Four. No set release date, no cast announced, no no directors, no nothing really for Fantastic Four. But, um, but we know that, you know, it's going to happen at some point, and this tease, uh, this little tease of the title is just another example of... Uh, you know, another another little nudge in the fact that um, Fantastic Four is coming. What I want to add one thing too is that I was it was interesting that there was no Avengers movies, like a team up big Avengers movie. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on them now? Maybe they're not announcing it for a reason, or maybe they just don't have it in the plans as of now. I mean, I'm not sure why they're not announcing it, but I'm totally fine with them not announcing it like personally. Like, I think it's just time that we. We, ju- we just need to, like, breathe and introduce, like, these new characters because if they introduce them and then immediately just, like, throw them into this team-up movie, it's not going to be as interesting. I think if they, like, really take the time to introduce us to, like you said, Shang-Chi, um, I'm blanking on any of the – I mean, Blade, obviously, in the Fantastic Four, but that's kind of further down the line. I, I think we just need some time to, like, take a break, especially after Infinity War and Endgame. We just need some solo stories, smaller, less – end-of-the-world kind of superhero movies, I think, is a nice change. Totally. Um, in my opinion, I think they're really just trying to uh, do their best to start 
bringing these characters together. Obviously, a lot of the um, Avengers have kind of been dismantled, either dead or out of commission now. You know, notably, you know, Black Widow, um, Iron Man, Captain America. I mean, like, all, all the Avengers are changing. So I think they're trying to figure out what that's going to be. Are they going to do the Avengers with a whole new younger cast and just have the yeah. Avengers be completely made up of young characters? Or is it going to be an Avengers team that is everybody and all the younger characters and all the newer characters like um like shuri as soon as she replaces black panther um it becomes the new black panther i should say or yeah. you know miss marvel in the new uh the marvel's film how are they going to add these characters in are they going to keep thor and are they going to keep people like the mm -hmm. guardians are they going to be a part of the avengers now you know what is that going to look like is thor going to be in his own world or is he going to be you know in a part of all the avengers main conflicts i just think a lot of that is um marvel doesn't really know where they want to go and they have a lot of options and i think what they're choosing to do is sit back see how these movies and these tv shows pan out see who yeah. audiences attract to who they like and then kind of develop something from there they've had plenty of avengers and all team up and all the craziness we've done that a ton now i think the audiences are completely content to just sit back and see some character growth and some character development i'd love to see that and i think when you get that character development that is yeah. what makes the team up movies that much better mm -hmm. totally and, and um, i also want to bring up captain america 4 is also in the pan too um but also as you said it took marvel four years to make the first avengers movie after the first iron man so they made two iron man movies hulk a captain america movie all of that before you had to basically all of the characters right um before that film so um they are doing a i think they're doing a good job because they're introducing so many new characters because again the mm -hmm. main avengers are probably not going to be there that much um it feels like yeah so i I'm, i like the decision of going all these solo movies and they're going to be connective too like wanda is in doctor strange 2 doctor strange is in spider-man 3 so it's still there's still multiple superheroes in the same film but there's not a technically avengers film absolutely yeah um, and you know, outside of, I, I do want to table the superhero discussion because I can tell Gabby is just had enough of the <laughs> superhero discussion. No, but, um, we do have some other really important news to the podcast. I really wanted to jump into, and you know, that is, we got our first trailer. Finally, the wait has ended, uh, at least partial, partially for Lucifer season five B or the second half of season five. Um, so we had the first I believe, what was it, eight episodes or so? I think that's what they did for Lucifer Season 5. And the second eight episodes, they, they held off on. So we had the first eight episodes this past summer. And um, now it's about a whole, almost a whole year later. You know, we're getting the next eight episodes um, to finish out Season 5 here. So we got our trailer and, and we got a little bit of, uh, you know insight i guess into what is going to be happening in this trailer we saw at the end of um the first half of lucifer season five that we saw um how you know they kind of talked about we're finally seeing god in like god's true form I, I think that's what they've kind of explained to us and and he's actually a black man which i think goes against a lot of you know what might be some preconceived stereotypes or notions i mean no one knows if god's even real or what he you know exists or what he looks like but i think a lot of people stereotype him as to be you know white and a, and a man and in this we see that he's actually black which i think is you know really interesting um and of course he's the all-state guy from the all-state commercials who okay. says you know we're in good hands uh you're in good hands so i, I just think that true? that was just perfect so yeah so it's very interesting to see like because we've We've been on the Lucifer journey for a while now. And like, we, we know for a fact that Lucifer has daddy issues, you know? He's complained about it. He's gone to therapy about it. It comes up in his relationships. So now we not only get to unpack the rest of his daddy issues, but he gets to go to therapy with his dad. Isn't that everyone's dream? So yeah, so that's exciting. Um, we love Dr. Linda and she's, she's always, anyone who comes to town, you know, they end up in her, her therapy room, which is hilarious. But yeah, I'm excited to see what, what God has to say about Lucifer. I love Lucifer. I'm so excited for this next season. It's, it looks really good so far. I mean, like, Lucifer has always been really good, so I'm just looking forward to what it has in store for us.
Yeah, I definitely see some drama with Chloe and like we got the drama with yeah. the Lucifer's twin, whatever. What is it? The Lucifer's twin's Michael. name? Yep. Why did why did they have to look identical? It's so annoying. The um, detective. <laughs> Chloe. Um, and then I guess we get to see more of what um Linda's baby with what's his face? Amenadiel. Yeah, great name. Really rolls off the tongue. Um, and then, yeah, so then God also is like, yeah, I'm going to retire. So I think, like, Lucifer's going to, like, run for office to try to be God. Right, yes. Yeah, it looks like that's when definitely that's, like, a up. democracy or, like, how, like, how, like, when you're <laughs> running for God, like, do you have, is it, like, in your campaign? Is there a lot of marketing with that? You know, like, what, who, how many votes do you get to be God? You know, I think nobody knows that because God has always been God, but now he wants to I retire. Know. So God I don't think anyone you. expected that. God, the sequel. <laughs> who's he going to banish the hell? But if Lucifer becomes God, who's going to be the devil? His twin. I think Michael? it should be his twin to be the devil. Yeah. I'm, I'm never going to learn his name. Just make him the devil. Because he is acting more like 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 the typical devil than Lu- Lucifer's like, he's just like, I just, you know, want to hang out with my girlfriend and like, you know, go to the club, play piano. And then, like, yeah, twins, no, like, he definitely doesn't have his devilish qualities as much. Like, yeah. he definitely has become more humanized. And I think that's why, like, he should, I think, run for God. And then, like you said, have Michael be the yeah. new devil. Because that would be, like... And then Chloe can be, like, the queen of heaven. She can be Miss, Mrs. God. <laughs> Mrs. God. Mrs. God. Oh, my lord. Oh, my God. I mean, Female God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I think <laughs> that's true. I, I think um, one of the things you touched on earlier, Lauren, that really just uh, is, is really interests me for this upcoming uh, season or this uh, half of the season, I should say, is the idea of just like you talked about the therapy session, but the idea of Dr. Linda, a human sitting in a, a giving human. therapy to God, to God and the devil. It's just I I think the premise is so ridiculous. Her work, really, just she's an impressive therapist. I kind of want to have her. I want to be she's in this therapy, therapy session. I, I want to oh, be yeah. there. Oh yeah, I know. I think we all need Dr. Linda. Oh, you will be there. Therapist. I mean, yeah, Dr. Linda's the best. The Can emotional baggage. <laughs> the emotional yeah. baggage that Dr. Linda must be carrying at this point in her life. She is unpacking baggage upon baggage, like, ba- oh, yeah. like nesting dolls of bags. See, she needs to go to a therapist. The therapist needs to go to a therapist. Yeah. Or she could just, you know, play with some knives with Maze. So how, how does that me. work now? When, when when Dr. Linda is praised to God, does she just talk to him face to face? How does that work now? Like, God, can you come in at three? I have I need some to talk to you. But no, God's retiring, so she's gonna play pray to Lucifer. But she's but she slept with Lucifer. So she, she slept God. with God? If yeah, he becomes God? Bro, if Lucifer becomes God, half of LA has slept with God. Yeah. Which, um, like, it'll already kind of, like, mentally fuck you up to the fact that, like, you slept with the devil. But and then, then the to, like, And then to be like, I slept with God? Can you imagine how many people would be, like... like My sins are repented. I would say my like the religion would be such a like a fine line. <laughs> well, I feel like religion isn't really like a thing that much anymore. Like a lot of people who are woke are like just like nah with the religion. I feel like you know like the whole that's why we love Lucifer so much. Like I feel like you don't watch it if you actually care about religion. You're right. I think that's true. Um, you know, I just think Lucifer does such a good job of taking someone like obviously the devil everybody sees as he's unanimous if anybody in the world mm-hmm. is evil it's the devil right like yeah and we he's they've turned this character into one of the most sympathetic characters on the show i think the audience feels for him the most feels for somebody who might be you know feels out of place feels like they don't necessarily belong feels a little bit different also struggles with identity i think a lot of people struggle with identity and and i think yeah. that's really accurately portrayed and Lucifer's character. We are all Lucifer. In, in a way, yeah. And I think that's just a, a very interesting how, you know, they've been able to take this character and kind of turn him, you know, into uh, into something that everyone, you know, 
seems to unanimously root for. Mm -hmm. it's yeah, it's definitely great commentary on like, you know, interesting take on the whole like devil angel thing. And like, because we've seen it done a million times in shows and movies, but this is definitely like a very unique standout, you know, like, no, like who makes the devil the main character and they're the protagonist and they have a whole character art and like they like unpack all of their trauma right before your very eyes. That is true. That's true. Uh, I think I think the show just does a, such a good job at, at showing all those things and just um, it makes it that much more depressing that this is the final season of Lucifer and the creators yeah. that came out and said a million times we're not doing another one no matter what. So it, it's over. Oh. It's done with. And I What's couldn't be more sad. What's the actor gonna do? Who's who plays Lucifer? Oh, uh, Tom Ellis. Can you get him another job so we can watch him do? He needs things? to be in the MCU. <laughs> what do we want him to do? Oh. Wait, how about him, him and Loki like team up and they like play chess? <laughs> That's all they do is play chess. But like they're like betting on like entire worlds and like destroying. Say, yeah, what if they play like chess for like in real life? Like, yeah. and, like they're humans it's are the, the queen's pawns. gambit. <laughs> yeah, humans are their pawns. Yeah. But you know in Harry Potter they're playing giant chess. I don't know why. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know <laughs> yeah. that's what you're talking about, where they're like sitting on top and they're like directing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, and and they move the whole pieces around, bro. That you just brought me back to my childhood right there. I haven't thought yeah. about that in like 15 years. I want to play giant chess, dude. Legendary, legendary, iconic it's moment only from Harry Potter. Eight hundred dollars if you want to buy a giant chess set. I think Temple should buy it, and they should have it. Okay. Anyway, back to Lucifer. A uh, great show. Can't wait for it to come out. Really excited. What? What? What else did we say about it? Oh no, yeah, I, giant chess. Yeah, that, that that's that's pretty much it. I think I think we've covered all our bases on Lucifer. And I know I, I do want to give the floor to Max and Carter for a minute to do the Mitchells versus the Machines review. Um, Lauren, I know you have something coming up in a few minutes. Do you need to head out? Yeah, now? I might disappear at some point. Do not fret. It's not superpowers. Okay, of course, no problem. Um, but yeah, Max Carter, go ahead and take it yeah. away. Uh, so I'll, I'll say the plot, and then I'll let Carter go. Then then I'll go. Um, so the plot of the movie says so it's an animated film. It was supposed to be coming out only in theaters. Before the pandemic, I was seeing trailers of this film in theaters. So during the pandemic, um, it was picked up by Netflix and it came out this past Friday. So it's an animated film about um, this family, the Mitchells. Their main character is a girl named Katie, who is a, <clears throat> a film major in college. She's 18 years old. Um, she's making mini films, short films, I guess, her entire life, but her family um, her community isn't isn't really supportive of her, but she's finally going to a college of the best film school. And um, instead of flying there, she has an off-leash with her family. Her family takes a road trip to the college, but while this is going on, a, they're in the middle of a, I guess, a robot technology-like apocalypse kidnapping humans. Um, so it's about th that family. So Carter, let me know your thoughts first. Um, I, the whole time I was watching this movie the like main thing in my mind was that and it's funny because this is also sony pictures animation is that yeah. this is the movie about the internet that the emoji movie tried so hard to be like if if you are nostalgic for like mid mid to mid like 2000s to like mid 2010s internet this is like the perfect movie for you there's just so many different like little references and like easter eggs thrown in there um the voice cast is incredible um yeah. I, I know eric andre was in it maya rudolph uh there were a lot of snl alums if you're a saturday night live fan yeah beck bennett fred armisen um very well written produced by phil lord and chris miller you can't go wrong with them the animation was really similar to into the spider-verse which i'm a huge fan of that blend of like 2d and 3d it, it's a beautifully animated movie i really enjoyed it a lot um, yeah, and to go with your Lord and Miller comparison, I actually got a lot of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatball vibes, which was their first um, directorial film. Um, if, uh, good vibes of that. But the film, while, yes, the plot could seem familiar or, you know, the robot apocalypse is ridiculous enough, the film has so much heart to it with this father-daughter relationship between um, Katie, who is voiced by A.B. Jacobson, and um, the dad is voiced by Danny McBride. 
Um, they have a really great relationship. The fact that they're total opposites. She's a film major who wants to make films, but he is literally the opposite. He hate, He's not familiar with technology at all. Um, he has no idea what he's doing and he doesn't see the promise of it. He keeps forcing her to have a plan B um, in life, even though she literally lives and breathes film. Um, and I think that the film is really, really good. Um, it's definitely my favorite movie of the year so far this year. I got pretty, I didn't cry or anything, but I was very touching the, the last 15, 20, 30 minutes of the film. Um, once they get to that big action set piece at the end, um, it's really emotional because you really feel the family come together. They each get their own little part of it. Um, but I, I really love this movie. It's my, and Netflix has made some great films in the past, like Klaus, um, which was nominated over the moon was nominated last year for animated. They make some really great animated films. And for me, this is number one. I felt it was very authentic. Um, it's a kid's movie, but has for a kid's movie it has a lot of mature themes about being 18, going to college. Do you forget about your family when you go to college or do you, you know, do you take what you had with your family with you to college and stay connected? Um, and even with the technology part, which Carter brought up, um, it doesn't force feed you with the technology. It doesn't say technology's great or technology's bad. It shows the positives and negatives with it. The fact that like she can connect with her friends who are her film friends through the phone, but also the family is pretty consumed by technology. Mm -hmm. So I think the the balance of how good technology is and how bad it is is a great balance. And I, I do love this film. Everyone should check it out. It's like an hour 50. It's on Netflix. It's an early front runner for best animated feature at the Oscars next year. So if you want to get a head start, uh, you know, Luca is coming out in June. Um, so this for me, good. this for me is going to be really tough to beat. It's a very uniquely animated film and a real authentic story. So definitely guys check this one out on Netflix. For sure. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, that was perfect. Awesome. Well, with that being said, I think I'm going to wrap up the episode here. So, you know, thank you all for watching. It's been a great episode of the Movie Mafia podcast. You know, again, I'm so excited to have Carter here as a full-time member of the Movie Mafia. And we cannot wait. Absolutely, man. We cannot wait to have more episodes of everyone together. All right, guys. Yeah, we'll see you guys in the next episode. All right, peace. <laughs>